1: Hey, if you guys like
2: to cook outdoors, and you ought to, you should check out the Weber Slate Rust-Resistant
1: Griddle. So this is a carbon steel cooktop that's safe for metal tools. It's pre-seasoned with food-safe oils and ready to cook on right out of the box.
2: It's the griddle that stays ready, not rusty. This griddle heats evenly edge-to-edge, reaching all the way up to 500 degrees.
1: Get fired up for your new Weber Slate Rust-Resistant Griddle.
3: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Volume.
0: This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
4: What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre, Straight Fire, for Friday, August 25th. Uh, we have a phenomenal guest today, Matthew Barry, the fantasy football legend. He left ESPN. He's doing stuff for NBC Sports. He's got a flotilla of fantasy football websites information. Um it doesn't get much better than this and I know a lot of drafts are next week so Matthew's going to um hammer you with all the questions that you need answered for to win your fantasy football draft. I think I'm in five leagues this year. Um Well, six, if I include my son's two drafts that I, one of them I run and the other I just provide support, but it's mostly his show. He did win one of his last year, of course, not the one I was commish. Um, I don't even know if he made the playoffs. He might have either lost in the first round or missed the playoffs, but uh, it was a good year in fantasy for me last year. I haven't done the research yet, but the good news is I will have a lot of time to do research before my drafts next week. Why is that? This will be the last podcast for a minute as I've got to undergo a bit of a medical procedure. Um, and it, it it's not a major one. It's a minor one, but I'm going to undergo it. And, uh, uh, the doctor says I will ha- not be able to really talk for a little bit. Um, this going to throw a major wrinkle into my life. And, um, obviously I can't do the herd and I won't be able to tape a podcast. Um, it's not a major procedure. By the way, the phrase medical procedure harkens back to the great movie Whiplash. Um, Miles Teller and another guy, actor, I don't know, they're talking about sheet music and one guy can't read, can't memorize the sheet music and he goes, "It's a, I've got a medical procedure or a medical situation or a medical condition and the guy who plays J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man movies, um, who I think won an Academy Award for Whiplash, busts out. Uh, medical condition? Were you fucking Sanjay Gupta? Right, and I can, i will never forget being in the cinema and just busting out laughing so hard. Um, because obviously Sanjay Gupta, you know CNN guy, and just bust that out, and I just start cracking up. I don't think anyone else in the theater laughed, but I found it hysterically funny. And if you go on YouTube, you can see all the funny lines from Whiplash. That movie's excellent. Um, J.K. Simons thats the actor. It was on the tip of my tongue, but you know now, yeah. You don't have to memorize anything because it's on the internet. I did just pull that uh, out of my brain. I had to dig a little deeper than normal. Anyway, so I will be shutting it down. I'm probably going to try to power down no social media or even, to the, even Instagram. I know usually if I'm on vacation, I'll do the gram over Twitter. Uh, I'm going to try my best to just stay off it and, um I don't know, read books? Do people still do that anymore? Maybe I'll catch up on... um a uh, billions and there's another show. oh the um the Magic Johnson Lakers documentary. Not documentary, but the show on HBO winning time season two started this past weekend. Interestingly, I'm not so keen on the documentaries. Um and by the way, I've heard that the the um swamp things of Florida Gators is really weak. They don't answer all the good questions that you want answered. And the Johnny Mandel ones like good but not great, because you know, obviously to get permission. like People are going to make concessions. Hey, hey, we want to do this. Can we do it? And they're like, yeah, but uh, we're not going to talk about the Pouncey Twins kicking everyone's ass around the campus in Gainesville. And we're not going to talk about Aaron Hernandez. It's like, what? I'm not watching that. But I will watch Winning Time, which is super fun. Um, anyway, before we get to Matthew Berry, quick story, a uh, big scoop from uh, someone who's been on this podcast before. You guys remember Tania Ganguli? She was at the LA Times. Now she's doing I think freelance, (coughs) excuse me, freelance for the New York Times, she sat down with Giannis, who is up for an extension in September. And Giannis said, I'm not doing that. I'm not signing it, which puts Milwaukee in kind of a tough spot. The money, quote, the real question's not going to be this year. Numbers wise, it doesn't make sense. But next year, next summer, it would make more sense for both parties. But even then, I don't know if I'm going to sign. I would not be the best version of myself if I don't know that everybody's on the same page, everybody's going for a championship, everyone's going to sacrifice time away from their family like I do. And if I don't feel that, I'm not signing. Now, I will add, regardless of what happens to the Bucs this season, they're unlikely to lose in the first round again, but uh, who the hell really knows? Everyone other than Giannis on their roster is over the age of 30. Everyone of consequence, really. Well, I'm sorry. Bobby Portis is 28. They like him. He's like their fourth best player. I don't particularly love his game. I know he's on Team USA right now. But, you know, Portis is like their fourth best player. Middleton's 32, but aging quickly because of injuries. Brooke Lopez is 35. Um, They're going to, you know, Drew Holiday's 33. Still very good. Still uh, a top-notch point guard. But, you know, he's 33. And in two years, where are these, where, where's Middleton and Holiday going to be? Jay Crowder's 33. Goran Dragic, who I guess they're still clinging to hope that maybe he can give him something. He's 37. Um, Connaughton, who I like, is 30. Malik Beasley, they took a flyer on. Um, he was okay with the Lakers and spurts. He's 26. And Grayson Allen's 27. But essentially, the core group of their top eight are all over 30. Giannis is only 28. He's obviously been super attractive as we phase out of Durant, Curry, and LeBron into the next batch. Who's got next? Um, it felt like John ja Morant and Zion, but I don't know if either of those guys do. I maybe Anthony Edwards probably has a better shot of getting next than, than them. Um, it's gonna be interesting. I I don't my my gut tells me Giannis is not long for Milwaukee. I don't see how it's e- going to be easy to tweak this roster and make it attractive for him to stay. It's not like they can go out and get Austin Reeves. No, I'm just kidding. Although I do love Austin Reeves at any rate. Interesting stuff, uh, but it is. Late August, so we focus on football. So let's welcome in, without further ado, Matthew Berry of NBC Sports.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
1: Fire the grill and fire up the party. Get the Weber Searwood Pellet Grill. Smoke, roast, and sear on the same grill. Go from low and slow on smoke boost mode at 180 degrees, all the way to high heat sear at 600 degrees. A much bigger range than most grills. It's got a full grate sear zone so you can put more food on the flame. Utilize the smoke boost setting to intensify that smoky flavor. Direct flame cooking creates searing, crisping, and browning. Food will look as good as it tastes. This grill is hot in 15 minutes and cleanup is easy. You'll cook on two levels at the same time so you can make enough for everyone, then clean up quick with the pull and clean grease and ash management system at the front of the grill. Cook confidently with intuitive digital controls at the grill and enjoy the sleek, easy-to-use surface. You can also add a heavy-duty rotisserie or rust-resistant griddle insert to up your game. Get fired up for your new Weber Searwood Pellet Grill. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on-and-off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin.
0: Oh God. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports.
4: I know what sports fans want.
0: But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say I know a
2: guy
1: who knows a guy who knows another guy.
4: All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire, a guy everybody knows. He's dominant in the fantasy football space. He used to do baseball, dropped it to do fantasy football full-time. It's worked out great for him. He left his old shop, went to NBC. He's a juggernaut on the fantasy football scene. He will win you your league. Matthew Barry, what is up, my guy? Jason, how are you, my friend? I- I'm good. I haven't had a draft yet, which is which is great because preseason week three, Aaron Rodgers and company starting. Um, what do you say to the guys who have already had their draft other than, damn, you're a sucker and a fool, and I hope you didn't put money in that league?
2: Well, I think it's just about, you know, your season started earlier, right? There's advantages and disadvantages to starting earlier. And I'm a big proponent of waiting until, especially like in a season-long league, you want to wait until the very last minute. But the positives are is that sometimes, you know, when you draft early and less information is out there, there's there's arbitrage that you can do where you're just sort of like, oh, I know this guy's going to be good. And, you know, I'm trying to think of an example. But Joe Mixon's an example. For people that were drafting a month ago, uh, especially like in best ball, like everyone's just like, Oh, you know, Joe Mixon, they're going to sign a veteran. They might release him, And you know, there are other people say like, no, I think he's going to stay there. And and now, you know, you, you sort of got like a fourth or fifth round running back. That's going to, that's going to get massive volume on one of the best offenses in football. Wow. So sometimes you can get bargains by going earlier, but yes, for those that have already drafted, you got going to start paying attention. Right. <laughs> I mean, now Terry McLaurin is in danger of missing, uh, uh, of missing the first game. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, like he's going to miss almost a month, right? Jerry Ooh. Judy left today with a hamstring injury. Like, who knows? Like, you know, all of a sudden players are uh, starting to get hurt. That yeah. is uh, that is the NFL. All
4: right, Matthew, you're drafting on Monday night, right? Let's say, let's just say you're drafted in a few days and you have okay. the third pick and you're like, oh, Jonathan Taylor, I could get him third overall. And Jonathan Taylor may not even suit up for the Colts. I don't know what to make of this. Now we did see Saquon Barkley kind of backtrack. Oh yeah. I'll get a couple more bucks up front. He's there. Josh Jacobs seemed to be holding out the, the Colts situation. Ursay really took that to the moon with some of those asinine comments. Um, would you advocate as of now drafting Jonathan Taylor first round?
2: No, mm. I would not. I would uh, not. I definitely wouldn't pick him third overall. Look, a couple of things to understand about Jonathan Taylor. Um, was, first off, like, we don't know if the guy can play football. I mean, he we haven't seen him on a football field this year. He's hurt. Now, the question is, how hurt is it? We don't know, you know, how much of it is gamesmanship. Like, he's clearly annoyed at management. And by the way, I am team Jonathan Taylor, to be clear here. But he, you know, there's it's definitely a disconnect between him and Colts management. And so we just haven't seen him. This is a guy who missed time last year who, by the way, wasn't you know was the Jonathan Taylor we've seen before. He was clearly less than 100%. Last year, Jonathan Taylor running back 17 on a points-per-game basis. So now you're like, okay, this is somebody who is hurt again, already hurt. He was somewhat ineffective. We don't know how good or bad this offense is going to be. They've got a quarterback in Anthony Richardson who potentially can steal touches uh, around the goal line from – Taylor the way that Jalen Hurts did last year with some of the Eagles running backs, the way that mm. Josh Allen sometimes does with with the Bills running backs. Last year, there was no threat of Matt Ryan or Sam Ellinger stealing goal line touches, but there's a real legit one with Anthony Richardson. Yeah, And then you get to the idea of, hey, well, what happens if, what happens if he holds out? What happens if he just says like, you know what, guys, I'm just, I'm just, not, my hammy feels a little, it's a little tender, my ankle's a little tweaked, you know, whatever. Like, He's accruing time, but I don't know. Like I just no. bad vibes from the whole situation. Now, the interesting thing, Jason, is that, that he uh, the Colts said we've given him permission to seek a trade, and uh, and, and like, uh, but we want a first round pick for him. It's sort of funny, you know. Jim say like we don't think we're p- running backs are worth anything. We're not going to pay Jonathan t- Taylor, and then also Jim say yeah, we want a first round pick for him because he's so valuable. And you're just kind of like, all right, well, pick a lane, Jim. Yeah. Uh, but. But what's interesting is as I sort of said, like, ah, I, I think it's unlikely that somebody's gonna trade for him. But then, you know, Schefter comes out and reports that, you know, Miami's kicking the tires. There's interest apparently from the from the Bears and the Rams. Uh I've heard the Vikings mentioned. So uh so we'll see. mate. I think it depends on how much the Colts are gonna hold uh hold other teams to the fire, but you know, I think there's a chance he could get moved, and Jonathan Taylor on Miami is really interesting.
4: Oh yeah, hell yeah. Um, listen, I, I know the Tua situation is difficult given the the um yeah. you know concussions. But what what mm. what I don't know, Matthew, one thing I did last year that helped a lot was I looked at the opposing defenses that teams will face. And if you sure, as course. good as as much as I like Tyreek Hill, as much as I like Waddle, as much as I like Tua, you look at the defenses they're facing, and you know, it's arguably the toughest in the league. It's definitely top four. Um, Buffalo might have number one, but it it just, I don't know what to do with Tua. Like I can't make him my starter, but do you draft him like late round just to be the backup? Maybe you don't even like holding two quarterbacks.
2: Yeah. It depends on your size of your league, right? Right. And and, you know, if you're in a 10 or 12 team, one quarterback league, I usually, and I get a good guy that I'm usually not. Like if you have a Josh Allen, if you have a, you know, Lamar Jackson or Herbert, Somebody that you know Mahomes hurts etc. Somebody that you know you're never going to bench unless it's a bye week or they're hurt. I don't really bother. I'll pick somebody up. What I uh, what I will say though is so I don't really do that. I have Tua at quarterback ten. The thing on Tua and I get it. the The schedule is absolutely tough and health is a question as well. But Tua has top five upside. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a fantasy friendly offense. He was, he was very good last year as a fantasy quarterback. And now second-year McDaniels' system, Hill and Waddle, like, you know, as good a wide receiver duo as there is in the NFL, an aggressive play caller on Mike McDaniel, lots of speed on that team. Not only the the wide receivers, obviously, but Mostert, Wilson, Devon A. Chain, the rookie from Texas A&M, all of them really, really fast. And so I just think that's, you know, I, I think that Tua is – one of those guys, my love-hate list came out this week, and, and uh, it came out earlier today on, on NBCSports.com and RotorWorld.com. And I I have two on my love list because really? that's within the range of outcomes. Like, again, huh. it could all, all – he was great last year. Yeah. Again, he needed to stay healthy. But on a points-per-game basis, Tua was terrific last year, and that's within the range of outcomes. That's my mm-hmm. point is that especially in a one-quarterback league, which is what the default is. So that's what we're we're doing love hate off of. Like if he works out great. If he doesn't, the replacement cost is that much because in a one quarterback league, there's always a you know yeah. solid quarterback on the waiver yeah. wire. So, uh, you know, again, think about Matt Ryan's. You know, this it's a little easy, but um, uh, low hanging fruit. But you know, Matt Ryan's best year he ever had, right, was that uh, the Super Bowl year, the Atlanta yeah. year, the, the second year. Uh, he was in Kyle Shanahan's system. And he just talked about the fact that like it's such a complex system that you really need two years in the system mm. to truly understand everything. Well, Mike McDaniel's system is Kyle Shanahan's. You know, it's obviously there's some tweaks, but he's a Kyle Shanahan disciple, and so I don't know. I think second year in that system, you know, yeah, really, there's a there's there's a scenario where it all turns terribly, but there's also a scenario which I think is more likely than not that he has a great year
4: yeah i'm shying away Uh, they open with the chargers who really bottled him up last year the defense was totally ready staley was all over and i think then they go patriots and belichick's got a really good defense and i think early they play jets too um and we know that defense is really nasty um so i I don't know love Tua. um let me go to receivers here it feels like there's an embarrassment of riches around the league uh i think you have justin jefferson one overall right correct um yeah why not jamar chase
2: Listen, uh, you can make the argument for Jamar Chase. I just think it's the uh I think it's the consistency on on Justin Jefferson. Jamar Chase, again, you're asking me to talk down my number two wide receiver. I have yeah, Jamar I know, Chase at number two. And by the way, Jamar Chase, ProudFantasyLife.com investor. Thank you very much. So we, you know, I certainly love Jamar Chase's uh investing acumen. But uh for me, uh again, when you get to that level, when you get to the elite of the elite, you have to nitpick a little bit. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's a it's a matter of Justin Jefferson is competing with K.J. Osborne, rookie Jordan Addison and T.J. Hawkinson for targets, as opposed to T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Mm. Joe Mixon. You know, it's just that's that's to me is like, again, you have to nitpick Chase is number two. And if I was in a draft and Chase went ahead of Jefferson, I'm not like going like, what? What's that guy doing? Yeah. (laughs) Chase is awesome. Jamar Chase is awesome. He's gonna have an awesome year, but uh Jefferson has been elite for a little bit a little while longer and has less target competition. Yeah. I just think they, they, he's slightly safer.
4: So then one of my knocks on Jefferson is no Dalvin Cook this year. I don't think defenses will respect Madison as much. And I, I'm assuming they'll load up on Jefferson. I guess the counter is Minnesota's defense is so bad, is gonna hemorrhage so many points. Kirk Cousins is gonna be chucking and ducking, and Jefferson will put up massive numbers. Um all right, yeah, I need it, to ask yeah. Oh, go ahead, go yeah. ahead. No, no, you got it. You go I mean, we, right, so you I need we don't need to talk about
2: Justin Jefferson being good. Everyone
4: <laughs> knows he's good. I don't usually do auction leagues, but I got sucked into one a couple years ago. And okay. now it's like, I think, my number two big money league. And I, I, I haven't done great in it just because I'm not like an auction guy. I don't totally right. get it. G- give me, I've Googled auction strategies and I understand, hey, g- float the big guys early. You got to get some, usually, if you buy early. Um, you're betting at a bit of a value because then everybody's scrambling later. Um, I don't know any any tried and true methods of auction strategies that you've got.
2: Sure, I have a bunch. So, and I love I I love that format. It's it's really fun. Uh, first thing I do is so. What's your in this league? What's your budget?
4: Uh, don't actually know off the top of my head. Drafts not till next week, so I, I, I'm okay. guessing it's like a two hundred bucks, maybe a hundred. Call it fine. Call it yeah, a lot,
2: 100, 200 or two sixty are usually the three most typical. Okay. Uh, amount so let's call it 200 so in essence what i like to do this is the dumbest thing in the world but it's so simple and it really helps you more than any other draft software you can bring in i just really simply old school sheet of paper i mark out uh all the positions right you know again call it quarterback two Mm -hmm. running backs two wide receivers a tight end, a flex uh five bench whatever you have okay and then what i do is i sort of generally i think about and i think about what i want to budget and I've looked at everything, and I decided, like, you know what? I'm spending up on I'm spending up on tight end this year. I want, I want Kelsey or one of the elite guys, so I'm going to put $35. I'm making up numbers here. I'm going to put $35 or $40 um, for my tight end spot. And then I'm going to put – I want at least one really great running back, so I'm going to put $50 bucks at my running back spot. I'll go cheap for the second running back at $20. Bucks. I'm going to have to go cheap on quarterbacks. So I'll say, you know, $15 at, at quarterback. And I just mark it down. And I always try to go like one or two bucks for the bench. Hmm. Right. And so I just write those numbers. I literally just write, you know, whatever, 40 by tight end or whatever it is. And then what happens is, is that as I go through uh, the auction draft, what I will do is uh, I'll sort of mark it up. So let's say you want Kelsey. Here's my other big piece of advice. You're like, throw out the big guns early. But to me, what happens a lot is I see people say like, oh, I'm not going to throw out Kelsey because I want Kelsey. I'm going to throw it like Bijan." <laughs> because you know um because everyone's all hot for Bijan, so i'll let there be a bidding war and i don't like to do that because if what you've done is you've said like hey i want travis kelsey i want an elite tight end then what i do the first time i get a chance to throw out a player i'm throwing out travis kelsey because one of two things happens either you get travis kelsey great or you don't and you can adjust from there because what you don't want to yeah. have happen is that kelsey ha- that you know kelsey for whatever reason doesn't come up for like three rounds And you're sitting there, you're holding your 40 or 50 bucks to get Kelsey. And then he ends up going for like 65 and you're like, crap. Now I just, now, and then now there's no other players to spend a lot of money on. And you've just sort of screwed yourself. So like if, if I'm making up numbers here on, uh, but say if you, you budgeted $40 for a tight end and you throw out Kelsey and somehow maybe you get him at 35. Great. Now you've got five extra dollars to play with. And I might say, okay, you know what? Instead of $15 for running back two, now I've got 20 and I just scratch it out or whatever. Mm. Again, I'm making it all up as we're talking because um, I just haven't done this yet for, a, for an auction drop this year. But And I don't know what your actual salary cap is. But the idea there is or whatever, you get into a bidding war a little bit and you wind up with $38 for Kelsey. Okay, fine. So now I've got to subtract $3 from someone else. And it just – what it does is it gives you a really quick, easy visual – For you to budget your money throughout a draft, which goes fast and furious, Mm. and it does it by position. There are a lot of great draft softwares out there that'll do it sort of for you, but it's more about total budget and price Mm. per player. And this way you budget out, you're going to want to spend more money on one position versus the other. And you can sort of adjust and it allow you to see like, uh, you know, and then, by the way, in that same scenario, let's say you budgeted $35, $40 for Kelsey and you throw him out early and he goes for $55. And you're like, all right, I'm, I'm out. That's just way too much. I don't want to pay that. Okay, great. Well, now, you know, now you can adjust. Now you've got 40 bucks to play with and you can say like, all right, you know what? I'll go to 30 for Mark Andrews or I'll go to 20 for Mm. TJ Hawkinson. Right. You know, now you've got more money to play with and that allows you to say, Hey, I didn't get Kelsey. So I need to be more aggressive on one of these top tier wide receivers or, you know, I'm, I'm going to go after Bijan or whatever it is. And so, um, that's one one. So the three big pieces of advice is is that just having a sheet like that to really it helps you visualize both during the draft and before where you kind of want to spend your money. Um, the let second me ask thing about this is always. Uh, and and the, the last two things I'll say very quickly is the other last thing is, uh you know, throwing out players you want, as opposed to like trying to hold, you know, hoard players and ho- holding it out. And to your point. So you hit on this when you introduced the t- topic sometimes people are like I'm gonna wait and save all my money because then I'll, I'll be able to scoop up all the guys at the end and bargains it And what I would say is that bargains come out at various times throughout the uh, throughout the process. and so whether you use whether you you know you buy a subscription to rotopass.com, which is my site, I'll get a mm-hmm. plug in there yeah and yeah. you and we have we have auction software that you can put in your league settings and then you can say, okay, here's my scoring system I have 12 teams and it'll spit out auction values for you. So whether it's something like that or um, you know what other, whatever ranking system you use, whatever numbers you have, there will be values. Some will come early in the draft. Some will come late in the draft in the middle. And you just want to pounce on those as opposed to hoarding all your money and waiting till the end or spending it all at the beginning um, because values come out. It, every auction is different. It's a super weird, dynamic thing. Yeah. And so you just have to be uh, – super, you know, super uh, attentive to when values come out and, and pounce when they come. And you can't really be like, I'm only getting this guy or only getting that guy. You have yeah. to let the
0: let the draft come to you. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, The cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
1: Ready, set, griddle this grilling season. Get the Weber Slate Rust Resistant Griddle with a carbon steel cooktop that's safe for metal tools. It's pre-seasoned with food-safe oils, and ready to cook on right out of the box. With no use of coatings, you can use metal tools to flip, press, and scrape without worry. It's the griddle that stays ready, not rusty. Everything rusts, and nobody talks about it because they couldn't fix it until now. With Weber's new rust-resistant technology, your Weber will last for years. When used, our carbon-steel griddle hardens and bonds the surface reducing the ability for moisture to collect and rust to form. This griddle heats evenly edge to edge. It reaches up to 500 degrees with a Weber Works Prep cook and store system. You can keep cooking and cleaning supplies handy, carry food and condiments from kitchen to the griddle, and even convert the side table into a prep station. Get fired up for your new Weber Slate rust-resistant griddle.
3: That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
4: How are we supposed to gauge Bijan, Kyle Pitts, and Drake London since I haven't seen Jack Squat from Desmond Ur. I don't know if he's good or uh. awful. I, like, I So it's kind of like I like Pitts. I think he bounces back. It's like a buy low opportunity. But I don't know. Where are you on the Falcons offense? Yeah, I mean, I love Bijan Robinson, and
2: that's about it. Like, It's so <laughs> weird because – no, because because you're right. The, that's the issue is that's so much unknown maybe Desmond Ritter takes a step in in year two maybe he's just not that good maybe the reason Arthur Smith just runs so much remember the last year uh the uh no team had more running back rushing yards than the Atlanta Falcons and they had the second most running back carries hmm. and so maybe the reason Arthur Smith ran the ball so much is he's just like none of these guys can throw that's my only chance at winning. Or maybe that's just his offensive philosophy. Remember, he came from Tennessee where for two years he was the offensive coordinator and all he did was run Derrick Henry. And, again, you don't sort of know, like, is that because he's just a very run-heavy coach? Or is it just like, again, he's looking at his team and going, like, I can either throw it with a so-so quarterback or I can have this, you know, you know, this, uh, this human, you know, this, this guy and Jer- Derek, Giant, uh, Derek Henry, who's just not like any other human on the planet, and give it to him. And, and so we just don't know. But the expectation here is that it's going to be a run-heavy offense. Mm. And I, I just I, – the one thing that I'll say that I think is somewhat positive is that they do have Taylor Heineke there. And not that Ooh. Taylor Heineke is great, <laughs> but he's the – well, he's the backup. And so if Ritter does struggle – they, I mean, they paid him twenty million over two years, Jason. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. Like they, they paid him like pretty good money for a backup. Um, and so I think that Ritter probably has a short leash, and that if Taylor Heineke gets the job, again, he's not great. He's raw, but he can get the ball to people. I mean, you know, McLaurin had, you know, I think he he he's he's got you know kind of a Brett Favre. Screw it! I'll chuck it down the field, and somebody's down there somewhere. Kind of mentality. He's got kind yeah. of that, you know, uh, you know, s- you know, slinging, uh, slinging, tech, uh, whatever you want to call it. He's yeah. got kind of that, you know, uh, mentality. Yeah. Um. That uh, you know, screw it! I'm, I'm, I'm throwing it all over the place. Kind of mentality. So there is that. Uh, but I will say that in terms of where Drake London's going, he's not somebody I'm targeting. There's other guys mm. in better situations. I think he could be great. They're just, it's a wide range, but that's what I've sort of been. I basically, uh, Bijan and that's it for me in Atlanta.
4: Interesting. Well, I know you're a Washington guy. Are there any offensive skill players with give them, forget McLaurin, given the uh, injury, any players at all you're looking at with Washington or no?
2: Actually a lot of them and everyone's going to call me a homer, what? but I think the, the, I think the commanders are going to be a better offense than people think. So first wow. off, I think, I think Sam, how I think Sam, how is the real deal. I'm going to blow your mind with a stat, but okay. um, All right. Sam, Sam Howell had more rushing yards his senior year in college than Anthony Richardson. Hmm. Like okay. Sam Howell, Sam Howell is really mobile. Like, I mean, again, he's not, I'm not saying he's Lamar Jackson, or Josh Allen, but he's going to get you 30, 40 yards a game with his legs. Uh, they're going to be aggressive under Eric Bieniemy, throwing the ball down the field. Jahan Dotson. Over the final five weeks of last year was the 17th best wide receiver in fantasy. He scored four touchdowns in his first four weeks as well. He missed some time in the middle of the year uh, with injury. But this is a guy with a first-round draft pick pedigree. He's a top 16 overall pick in the NFL. And you go back to what he did in Penn State. He was a scoring machine in Penn State. Like, that's a skill, finding the end zone. And so you have have McLaurin and Jahan Dotson uh, along with Sam Howell. And I think the running backs. This is kind of the easy... Low-hanging fruit comparison, but I think it's accurate. Which is think about her, how Eric Bieniemy used Isaiah Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon last year in Kansas mm. City, and I think that's to see with Brian Robinson in the Pacheco role and Antonio Gibson in the Jarek McKinnon role. Um, they're going to get creative. Like I was encouraged by the first, the last preseason game, the Monday night game, where Brian Robinson got a couple of passes, like he caught a couple of passes. And Antonio Gibson is somebody that they've used between the tackles. He's somebody that. Can be a running back, you know, uh between the tackles, in addition to being a very good pass catcher, no JD McKissick there. So that's right. I think especially if you go zero RB, I really like Robinson and Gibson in kind of middle rounds. And I think Dotson is underrated as well. I think everyone's it. gonna drop McLaurin uh, yeah. and two quarterback leads. Give me some Sam Howell.
4: Oh, geez, I haven't heard anybody talk about Washington that glowingly, which is interesting because everybody thinks they're the, the last place team in that division. I don't know. I mean, maybe you just sold me on Sam Howell and the enemy. Uh, shock in the world for nine nine or 10 wins i don't know um
2: let me they, go to by the way they might still be, they might still be the worst team in that division yes. but they still might be a good a good fantasy team there's a like that's a very good division that's yeah. one of the best that's that's probably the second best division in football top Whoa. to bottom after the afc east what about the afc what's, what's uh, north better, i mean the afc west afc, AFC uh yeah you're right yeah cuz cleveland yeah. yeah afc north top four division afc west as well (laughs) yeah uh, depending on what you get out of depending on what you get out of the raiders in denver could be um but i'm just saying like you know cowboys eagles giants all made the playoffs last year yeah and washington is going to be better this year washington's going to be better this year
4: let's uh let's go to you mentioned cleveland deshaun watson um some of the gamblers like the browns this year um you know, Watson a year and a half of inactivity that didn't look great. Now he's had a regular offseason. He's gonna go back to being a top ten QB, right?
2: I don't know. I have oh. him at, I'll be honest with you. I, I have him at nine. Yeah. Here, so here's yeah. the case here so but I don't feel great about that rating. I'll be honest. <laughs> right. Ranking. I'll be honest with you. It's a little bit of a hedge. And so what I'll what I'll tell you is is that here's the case for Deshaun Watson. We've seen it before. This is a guy who has been a top five fantasy quarterback Mm -hmm. multiple years in his career. Obviously, all the years he was in Houston, he was awesome. And last year, when he literally looked like the worst quarterback in the NFL, like those final five games, he was brutal for Cleveland. When he looked absolutely horrific, he still was able to be okay. Like those final five games, he was quarterback 16 on a points per game basis because he gets you points with his legs. So the case for Deshaun Watson is that he could actually be a bad NFL quarterback and still be relatively useful for fantasy. They have some nice skill position players, obviously in Amari Cooper and David and Joku, Nick Chubb's the best running back in football. I like Cedric Tillman as a, as, as a rookie Donovan people's Jones has had some moments. We'll see hope Springs eternal with Elijah Moore. Can they revive him? So there's some, there's some pieces there in Cleveland. Those are all the, that's all the, the, the the positives the negative on deshaun watson negative on deshaun watson is he looked the last year and it's been like three years it's been three years which is a lifetime in the nfl It's it's been three years since we've seen this guy be a great nfl slash fantasy quarterback and when he did when he was that 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 kind of level sometimes it was on you know it was indoors in Houston, sometimes it was on bad Texans teams uh, that, you know, where they were, They especially it was on teams, it certainly was on teams that had bad defenses, whether the Texans themselves were a good team or not, because they did make the playoffs sometimes with Watson. Yeah. But uh, the, the defenses were always bad. They constantly got into these shootouts. I keep remembering Watson, like chucking it to, you know, DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller deep yeah. all the time. Look at that! Um, you know and they they did kept getting into these shootouts because their defense couldn't stop anyone. So um, that's not going to be the case. Cleveland's going to have a good defense, and it's going to be a cold weather te- you know cold weather city. It's going to be really windy in that stadium as you get yeah. later in the season. So uh, I there's Deshaun Watson. There's a handful of guys. I did I did Bill Simmons' podcast the other day, and on Simmons' podcast we did a thing where we just talked about the ten guys that could make or break your season, and we talked through players that just basically there's a wide range of outcomes. Deshaun Watson could be yeah. awesome this year or horrific. Right. <laughs> and there's just a number He's of guys like that, that. That just. Uh, uh, that feels harsh what, man. What in the last three years. He was, Jason, he was horrific last year wow. in the last five games. He was. He, he was, was awful. And the report and the reports out of Brown's camp this mm. year so far is that it's, you know, it hasn't always been smooth sailing mm. in training camp this year from is playing, you know, from a point of view where he's playing. All right. So I, I'm just mm-hmm. saying Watson's one of those guys that like most players have a, a reasonably narrow range of outcomes barring injury. I don't know that Justin Jefferson finishes the number one wide receiver in fantasy, but I feel very confident that barring injury, Justin Jefferson's wide, his range of outcomes is wide receiver one through five. Yes. He's somewhere in that range. Right. So that's what I'm saying is, is like, and you know what, like, Derek Carr's range of outcomes is somewhere from QB seventeen to like QB twelve. Huh. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's a it's a fairly narrow range. Like there's no scenario in which Derek Carr is like a top five fantasy quarterback.
0: Are you
4: sure? Right.
2: I mean, he doesn't
4: run. and you know like do we really think okay. he's going to suddenly light up and have thirty five touchdown passes? Well, I, again, you look at that schedule, Matthew. They're playing a bunch it's of a great dog schedule. shit team, right? So uh, if they're putting up like thirty a game, thirty points. I mean, sure, Kamara will get some runs, but I, there. I mean, I could totally see Carr flinging it all. I mean, I think, I think it's New Orleans. Their final, like four of their final five games, are in domes oh. in cold weather. It just all lines oh. up for Carr and the Saints, man. I will say this: the Saints are one of my
2: favorite for leagues where you play team defense. Love the Saints as a lot roster and pick because you were absolutely right. Their schedule is ridiculous. I think the only, uh, I think the only really good offense this is i'm looking at it from a saints defense perspective but the only the only offenses they play that i think are above average that really scare you they play the vikings they play the lions and uh they play the vikings they play the lions they play the giants so those are like three above average offenses but the rest are like you know they play carolina twice they play tampa bay twice they they play the falcons twice they play the patriots like they they play they play the Texans like they play all these teams where you're just like wow yeah. it's a great schedule, but yeah, my, yeah. the thing of it is is that while it's a great schedule and yeah I don't know what the Saints win total is but take the over I, yeah um uh but uh but what I would say is is that I don't know that necessarily means that Derek Carr is killing it because mm. again their defense will like. Like you're not gonna have to. I don't think you're gonna have to throw all over the field to beat the Buccaneers. You're not gonna have mm-hmm. to put up 31 points to
4: beat the Bucks or the Panthers or That's the a Texans. Yeah. Um, all right. We'll so, do a like little. The, yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll do anyway. some rapid so, fire. I know you're, you. You got to wrap up, go. Matthew. You're super busy. We'll do rapid fire. Um. Yes, sir. So uh, Mike McCarthy takes over the play calling. He makes it clear he wants to run the football and win with defense. Yeah. Uh He boots Kellen Moore does that depress all of the Cowboys across the board just a little bit with the exception of the Cowboys defense, which is good.
2: I think it helps Tony Pollard, you know, of course, Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott is now is no longer there. Look, he wants to run the ball Uh, last year. I think this is a crazy stat last year. uh, Tony Pollard had nine rushing touchdowns and he only had 12 goal to go carries. (laughs) He only had 12 carries inside the opponent's 10 yard line. Ezekiel Elliott had over 20 mm. so that you know there's 20 odd goal to go carries that are no longer there that are going to go to his uh go to Tony Pollard if you look at what Tony Pollard has averaged in his career when he's gotten at least 15 touches and we certainly expect him to get 15 touches with no Zeke there he'd be the third best running back in fantasy last year on a wow. post-game basis so Tony Pollard Tony Pollard's a guy that I thought about making my fantasy ride or die I ultimately didn't do it but like I think he's a top six fantasy running back this Damn. year, Pollard, and especially I, if they want to, like he, Rico Dowdle, Malik Davis. Like the fact that they didn't bring back Zeke and they haven't brought in a veteran yet, Tony Pollard got a ton of work this yeah. year. Um, CeeDee Lamb will still get his, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm out on DAC this season. And, you know, I don't love the ancillary uh, players outside of CeeDee yeah. Lamb or Tony Pollard and the Cowboys
4: this year. I I'm not hear, a Mike yeah. McCarthy fan. I'm not either. I didn't hear you mention Deuce Vaughn, who is getting loose in the preseason, man. He's nice. Uh, All right. Um, Former Ohio State receiver, who you drafted first, Olave or Garrett Wilson? Garrett Wilson, but it's close. I have one at 10, one at 12. Dalvin Cook or Brees Hall, or both?
2: (laughs) Uh, I do think both will be effective, but I have Brees Hall ranked higher.
4: Player that you're lower on than the market and then followed by player that you're higher on than the market. And by market, I mean... You know whatever you're seeing out there in the floatsome um, of the internet, and I, I you probably don't look at other lists, but they could evolve your website, interviews you're doing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just give, yeah.
2: So uh, I'll start with player I'm higher on than uh, than consensus, and that's my that's my fantasy ride or die. I'm on Ross Saint Brown. Oh, jeez, um, yeah, um, that's uh, you right. know, I mean, so like I think this stat is crazy. Week thirteen of the 2021 season. That is the week that. Amon Ross St. Brown, his rookie year, he kind of broke out. From that point forward, Mm -hmm. week 13 of the 2021 season. Again, we're in 2023. Week 13 of the 2021 season. Here's the entire list, Jason, of players in the NFL with more receptions since week 13 of the 2021 season of Amon Ross St. Brown. Justin Jefferson. That's the list.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. The only
2: players with more fantasy points since week 13 of 2021 than Amon Ross St. Brown Justin Jefferson, and Devontae Adams. Hmm. And he just doesn't get talked about. Yeah. He's an elite fantasy wide receiver who does not get talked about in the same breath as the CeeDee Lambs and the Stephon Diggs of the world or the Devontae Adams. He doesn't get talked about like that, and he should be. So that's somebody that I'm higher on. I have him higher than Lamb. I have, her high, I have him higher than Adams. Seven of the final eight games that the Lions play are in a dome. And uh or a retractable roof. They play one game at Dallas. It's December 30th. They'll close the roof. So in essence, basically, we know how good Jared Goff is when he plays in a dome. In a dome, uh, he should he gets almost a thirty percent target share. Yeah, I'm on Ross St. Brown okay. is gonna just have a monster monster season. So that's one guy that I'm higher on than consensus. Um, let me think about somebody that I'm lower on than uh uh than consensus. Uh eh, I mean uh, I'll say this. How about Javante Williams? Uh, oh, I'm, Broncos!
4: Yeah,
2: well, five of the last six seasons that Sean Payton coached the, coached the Denver Broncos. He had multiple running backs touch the ball at least 150 oh, times. You,
4: well, you mean Saints with Ingram and um, Kamara, right? Sorry, that's what I said. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, you said Broncos. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, but I, I got Sorry. You.
2: Five of the last six, the five of the last six seasons that Sean Payton was with the Saints. Oh. He had multiple running backs for him. Touched the ball at least 150 times. Interesting. Ingram and Kamara being, yeah, a perfect example, right? And if you listen to any of the interviews that Samaj P. Ryan gave when he signed with the Broncos, Ooh. he talked about the fact that he had, he had a lot of conversations because there are a lot of people. The Bengals wanted to bring P. Ryan back. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like Samaj P. Ryan, and he went with the Broncos because, and he talked about this. He said, uh, "I talked with Coach Payton, and and Sean Payton told me and talked to me." About how he likes to use multiple running backs, and talk to me about what he did in Denver, and like you know, told me that there's going to be a big role for me here in Denver. And so, you've got Javante Williams, and listen, it's a great story. Like it's amazing that he even saw preseason action in Week Two. But think about Saquon Barkley in the year he came off the ACL. He came back, he played Week One, right? He was there, but he wasn't Saquon. He didn't have that big playability. Didn't have that burst, like. ACL tears are tough to come back from, and, and so I think that even if Javante Williams is out there, it doesn't mean he's the guy we saw, you know, his rookie year and sort of—he's he's not the guy that we saw in that Kansas City game where he was just like he was just yeah. an absolute, you know, fantasy superstar. I think he's in a com- I think he's in a committee, and so give me Samaje Ryan at cost over Javante Williams who's
4: being drafted as a borderline top twenty running back. Mm. Interesting. All right. We'll wrap up with this. Kellen Moore goes to the chargers Moore made some fantasy superstars in Dallas, namely Pollard. Does that put Zeke, uh, I'm sorry, not Zeke, Austin Eckler in like your top five among uh, running backs. And and that's a guy you got to go grab. Or is there just too many weapons on the chargers, you know, uh, proceed with caution.
2: He's my number two overall running back. I think Mm. Eckler has a,
4: uh, has a huge year. I think Kellen
2: Moore, I thought it was a mistake for Dallas to get rid of Kellen Moore. Yeah. As a person, who, as a person who is a commander's fan, I was happy to see him <laughs> leave the division because I think he's pretty good. It's interesting. I I, I I, was at a party the other day and guy recognizes me and he says, you know, he tells me he's a Cowboys fan. And I said, uh, I said, oh, a tough loss for you guys losing Kellen Moore." He goes, what do you mean? You know? And uh, he's like, what are you talking about? I'm glad he's gone. I'm like, oh. you're glad he's gone. He's like, yeah, what do you mean? Kellen Moore. And I'm like, dude, you went four and one with Cooper Rush. <laughs> what more do you want from the guy it's you went four and one with cooper rush like dak hurts his hand and everyone's like oh the season's over And then you go four and one with cooper rush i i i'm just i'm not a i'm not a mike mccarthy guy um and so i i think yes i think justin herbert has a monster year love uh i love michael i like mug i like mike williams at cost over keenan allen this year as well because mm. he's going six a week later i think mike williams has a big year And uh, I think the addition of Quentin Johnson uh, will really uh, stretch the field for Justin Herbert. That was the issue last year for the Chargers. They just didn't have a guy that could stretch the field, which is why there were so many dump-offs to Austin Eckler. So I think he probably gets less receptions, but he's much more effective. And I think the team's in scoring position. People forget two years ago, Justin Herbert was the second-best quarterback in fantasy. Wow. uh, With all of his guys healthy this year. and, And Kellen Moore calling the plays. I think he has a huge, huge year.
4: All right, where can they find love, hate, and all your lists? I mean, Matthew Barry, entrepreneur, fantasy football legend. Uh, fire away, Matthew.
2: So NBCSports.com, RotorWorld.com So I do a daily show every single day, Monday through Friday, 12 Eastern, live on Peacock. That show is then available on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Also available on demand, obviously, on Peacock and the NFL on NBC YouTube channel. When we get to the season, Sunday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern, up until kickoff, fantasy football pregame will be on Peacock. All of my work for free available at NBCSports.com, RotoWorld.com, and I will just say FantasyLife.com is a website that I own that I also contribute to a little bit. It's one of the reasons why I left ESPN to go to NBC because NBC was like we're going to allow you to continue to work on, promote, contribute to FantasyLife.com. It's a website, Jason. You should check it out. Check it out. FantasyLife.com, 100% free. We have all the best tools. We have. You know, uh, we have a best ball hub. We have ADP rankings. We have an ADP grid. We have start, sit tool, waiver wire, trade mm. advice. uh, We have prop betting tools. Everything's 100% free. And you can sign up for our daily newsletter that comes out every single day. 100% free. Five-minute read. tells you everything you need to know about fantasy football written by myself and, and my team. Really yeah. good team of people over there at Fantasy Life.com.
4: Matthew Berry, actor, fantasy football guru. I mean, congrats on all your success, buddy. Thanks for taking the time.
0: Jason, always. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and
1: conditions. Ready, set, griddle this grilling season. Get the Weber Slate Rust-Resistant Griddle with a carbon steel cooktop that's safe for metal tools. It's pre-seasoned and ready to cook on right out of the box. It's the griddle that stays ready, not rusty. This griddle heats evenly edge-to-edge. It reaches up to 500 degrees. The Weber Works Prep cook-and-store system keeps cooking supplies handy, and you can carry all the food, condiments, and utensils you need. Get fired up
3: for your new Weber Slate Rust resistance.